0: Hi, I'm JD. I'm Peterson. This is Spencer. And we're the 3-Bit Gamer Show, where we fight about video games. No, we don't. Yeah, we really do. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at 3-Bit Gamer Show. Pants are optional.
1: I don't know how often you go to live performance. I know that uh, I don't go enough. But I try to take in live performance other than a concert, uh, by live performance, I mean a play or a dance performance or even a stand-up comedian, something like that. I try to go to live performance as much as I can, but probably, what, eight times a year maybe. We really should go to live performance more than we do. But at any rate, the the live performance that you go to, uh, you hope that it'll be something more than just a a way to occupy your time for a couple of hours, uh, a diversion, something that you you uh, you go to and then it uh, just quickly slips out of your mind and you don't think about it that much anymore. But sometimes you come across a live performance that does more than just entertain you. It it makes you think about it and you can't get it out of your mind. And that's what happened to me a couple of weekends ago when I uh, went to see Sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. It's a... Uh, immersive theater and dance performance was going on at the uh, Old Bay, the Old Eagles Hall on West Temple, and uh, it has not left me. Uh, the per- experience of that performance has stuck with me, it was incredible, and it's something that I wanted to go back and see again and again, uh, unfortunately I didn't get the chance to do that. Well, I may have one more chance to do it. Well, at any rate, Sonder, Uh the man who created Saunder is named Graham Brown. He's a professor of uh, dance at uh, Brigham Young University, he was a trained dancer. Uh, He trained uh, in uh, dance at the University of Utah and the University of Maryland. He uh, then uh, chose to come back here. Well, he got a job at BYU, and uh, Graham Brown, along with a lot of help, uh, has created this amazing theatrical dance production, Sonder. Now, if you want to find out more about it other than what we're going to discuss here, you can go to SonderSLC.com, S-O-N-D-E-R-S-L-C.com. If you didn't get a chance to see it, I'm sorry. Keep on top of things because Graham Brown will be doing things in the future uh, that will will surely astonish you. Surely astonish you. Now we're going to talk about all of that with Graham Brown here on the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, I, I I hope we can bring this experience alive for you. It's a discussion of art and music and and all that goes into that and. Uh, I don't know. I found it fascinating. We sat and talked with Graham at the Club at 50 West for the Let's Go Eat Show. I guess without further ado, uh, here's my discussion with Graham Brown, the creator of Sonder on the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, so we're happy uh, to have here on the Let's Go Eat Show, Graham Brown. How are you? Doing well. I'd glad, glad to, to be tell- here. It's nice to have you here. a uh, couple of like last weekend I went to see this uh immersive dance and theatrical production called Sonder. Mm-hmm. S O N D E R. I was talking about it on the radio and somebody said, Boy, that Somber sounds really good. Can you tell me what? tell me about Somber. No, no, it's Sonder. Right. And um I really didn't know anything about it when I before I went. Uh, other than uh, it was over here, the old Eagles building on West Temple. Mm-hmm. And uh, which many people, most people probably remember as the Bay Dance Club from the 90s. Right. And uh, I went to see it with my family and was just blown away by what I'd seen. And Graham is the uh, creator and choreographer, along with a huge, I mean, you have a really big technical team working yeah, with you. and we do. Composing team and all mm-hmm. of that. But it's... Uh, you know, I, I would I just I would try to describe it, but probably you would be the best person to describe exactly what this experience is, Sonder.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, sure. So it's an immersive dance theater experience. Uh, we've kind of coined the term "dance party theater" sometimes because mm-hmm. it does have a. A pretext of a club environment. Yeah, I said to my um, wife,
1: as uh, you know, the only thing that's wrong with this uh, production is I didn't really know if I'd known what exactly what it is. I would have brought my, I would have taken some E. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well,
2: I'm glad it you is, didn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the show exists within a uh, multi level building. With many different rooms throughout the building, and I like to describe it kind of like being um, in a choose-your-own-adventure, or in in being live inside of a film, perhaps, Mm -hmm. where you know, in uh, within keeping the film metaphor, like you know, any given main characters in the film, they have a dialogue. And then they go their separate ways, and the camera follows who they follow. But in this environment, you can make the choice who you're going to follow, and their lives keep going. You're the you camera, know. essentially.
1: You're the camera, yeah. So, so when uh, when you go into the building, uh, and it's a small, uh, really, you keep the audience to fifty people. Is that mm-hmm, right? Fifty, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be pr- it'd be pretty hard to handle much more than that, right? Right. So when you the the, the first thing you're told when you go in, you you're you're mad at the. Um, Uh, bottom of the stairs a flight of stairs by is it always
2: Alex Ungerman or Uh, no it's actually usually it's been uh, Mackenzie Foster who's an actor who works with them often she's usually the person to to give that initial tell
1: you what's going to happen right right. and basically what they tell you is uh, we you know this is they're going to be going all throughout the building uh, when you see one of the actor dancers, I think they call Alex. called them actors. Uh-huh. Do you call them
2: actors. Uh, sure, the I actor feel dancer. I feel pretty. I, I'm pretty open. A lot of times I'll say performer because mm-hmm. that covers both. That's good. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, the so uh, periodically, so one of, some of the performers and there, it's not a huge cast uh, or five principals, I think. And mm-hmm. and how many uh, supporting cast members? Five. So ten people. Ten total. Yeah. Uh, when you see one of them leave the room, follow. Go, mm-hmm. follow. And they'll move very quickly and follow them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you end up doing. At first you're kind of, it's it's kind of, at first you're not sure who's a performer and who's not. Right. Because everybody is together on the big dance floor area mm-hmm. of the bay, of the old bay. And so you're watching, and that's on the, what, third floor, I think?
2: Or well, Technically, it'd be the third floor. Yeah, third mm-hmm. floor. The basement level we we use we don't use for the performance. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so uh, so you're there, and there, uh, the, the the dance floor fills up, and there's this kind of house music mm-hmm. going on, and right. it's uh, it's original music, right?
2: the The club music is their DJ mixes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had at one point dreamed about having live DJs spinning records, uh, just, but in the end, we end up using recorded DJ mixes.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So we're all there. And uh, then uh, uh, finally you sort of pick up on it. Who you, you can sort of start telling who's really a performer and who isn't. And, mm-hmm. and, and then they start leaving. Because they're the ones who are good dancers?
2: How do you know? Well, they're the ones
1: mostly dancing, although there were audience members there who I think had probably been there before. Mm. Well,
2: the environment is set up. We, we hope that people will be dancing just like you would at a club. You want them to be uh, There's that opening scene in which, you, in which it's very distinctly choreographed. Uh, and that's oh, yeah. when we kind of see. Oh, okay, those are the performers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: then you start following people through right. throughout the building, and you end up uh, going up and downstairs and and, um, uh, and pretty, pretty go pretty fast, and you end up in different scenes right. that are danced and performed. Some with a little dialogue, mostly with not a lot of dialogue. Right. And um, and it's and it's really. Great, and it's two hours plus long. Would you say
2: it's it's a two hour it, it's a two hour it, maybe you a tiny bit longer of... than two hours, yeah. yeah. But it's but we uh, there's sort of a those who come early there's a little bit more that they're able to see, and so including yeah. that kind of a pre-show mm-hmm. there's a little more. But the show proper is about two hours. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, is it is there
0: a story to follow? Are the the, the well. scenes connected uh, in a in a long story or is each scene its own story
2: uh, yeah they're connected I still both. don't understand they're, what you people <laughs> are talking about yeah it's well, sort of we'll both get it. um we'll the have way, an hour. the way yeah we'll right it. yeah the way that I like to think about it is that um rather the story has a lot of depth and not so much width so there aren't in in terms of a traditional storytelling model there's not you know, there's not an inciting action. There's not a, um, immediate sort of thing that happens. There's really, to tell the story of the show would be very brief and very boring. Yeah. Uh, but what we do experience is that was my next question Getting inside of the lives of these people and understanding their characters and their personal conflicts and their relationships with each other is a really important thing and kind of what drives them toward or away from one another. Mm -hmm. And, um, in a way that is hopefully relatable, you know. Yeah.
1: Now it's, uh, it, it, I th- you know when we got done, and I thought, well, I saw and I saw the whole thing, and and uh, my son, who my younger son who'd been there before, said, no, you didn't see the whole thing. Right. You really probably need to go back because, and I thought, well, I saw a story, mm-hmm. and I saw uh, a relationship. There are two uh, uh, characters. The uh, the uh, mom and the dad, the mm-hmm. mother and the father, the Pascal and uh, Marco, right, right, and they they kind of are the uh, centerpiece of how all of the th- the stuff flows, wouldn't you say?
2: No, no, but that's okay. how it was for so, you. That's what <laughs> it was for me. There, there are uh, there's two main centerpieces: the okay. Pascal and Marco family and their and their daughter Alex, and then the two uh, best friends and roommates uh, Charlie and Warner
1: oh yeah see so, so i missed all of that okay
2: yeah so that's great so it's really interesting because uh you can some people bounce around and get kind of a tapestry experience and some people will stick real closely to a certain story and then the others become peripheral mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah it sounds like that's what you did yeah and it's uh and, and partially because i have a a, a really bad sore foot and it was hard for me to run up and down the stairs okay, so, yeah. so I thought well you know what if I can just hang here for a while I will Uh uh-huh. uh and it, but let me say this about the performers it is an extremely athletic thing that they are doing mm-hmm. for 2 hours uh, I mean these these people are dancing dancing their asses off for 2 hours uh it's very physical and you do two shows a night
2: Sometimes, not every night, but, yeah, sometimes.
1: But I, that night, I know that they were they were going to gonna yeah. do another one. I thought, how in God's name? Yeah. <laughs> um, and my wife said, I don't know how they would do it. And I said, and I have a performance background, so I said, well, you kind of get into a zone and you just do it. Yeah. And, and you sort of feel exhilarated about the fact that you've done it, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. I think so. Hard. I yeah. think,
2: um, yeah, on the one hand... It is really taxing. Uh, well, just like you said, on the one hand, it's very taxing. It's a lot of physical work. But on the other hand, it's really exhilarating. Yeah. Performing brings that kind of high energy. Mm-hmm. So so now uh, let's,
1: let's talk about your background, and then sure. we'll come back to the production and how this all came about. Okay, and
0: uh, I still have a lot of questions about it. Well, ask Okay, one. good. <laughs> ask another one. Okay. I'm just trying to understand what the deal is. So we're, we're in a room. It's a, there's we're in a
1: building. The building, the whole building, Can, is the performance. I, w- space.
0: I understand that we're in a room. We we're listening to the DJ mixes. Everybody's gathered there. It's the beginning of the thing, and uh, we're the the mom and dad characters walk into another room, and we decide to follow them. We'll, right? Sure. We don't know that they're okay. the mom and dad
2: characters are there. No. Well, I'll, I'll say it with a little more detail. What happens is that basically the idea is that the club closes. And then the four main characters emerge and they say, oh, hey, that was a fun night. Hey, you know, yeah. come hang out. Let's hang out some more. And mom and dad are like, no, no, we got a babysitter. we got to go. So we see mom and dad go this way and, and we see the other two younger ones go this other way. And it becomes this moment of choice. Mm-hmm. One's going downstairs. One's going upstairs. What are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. You know? So we, we follow mom and dad to the babysitter. What's
0: the first, I mean, what hap- what's the first scene like? If there, there's not much talking, uh-huh. what, are, what are we, I mean, just, I don't want to give away the whole story, sure. line, but can you give me an example of how, is the story just portrayed through dance?
2: Yeah, so, um, let's see. I'm just trying to get a... Sure, there are, so I'll give one really good example. There's a scene that happens in a restaurant um, with this uh, Marco and Pascal Couple, and it's moving through tableaus of their life. They're on they're on their first date. It's a flashback, and it's the first date, and then it's an anniversary, and so forth. And and then their kid arrives, and then they're in a fight later. And it um, and the physicalization is the primary mode of storytelling. We see the we see the anxiety when they're on a first date. Uh, we see they're kind of like checking each other out. We see uh, we see the settled energy in their bodies when they're. In their at their anniversary, we see the kind of nervous energy of uh, of maintaining this this wild kid while they're at a restaurant, um, and that is achieved through the through an abstract representation. They're moving cups around. They're doing kind of um, odd, putting cups on their head or different things that, within the context, start to convey a narrative that is. M- well, of an artistic intrigue, I think, and then I also think it has an open to interpretation sensibility. Mm. So that, so that, I mean, one of the goals that I have of the production is that s- someone watches it and says, "Yeah, I, I, I I've been there. I know yeah. that exact feeling." So, so,
1: so, so, and I saw that particular, that whole. Uh, the sequence in the in the restaurant, and it's maybe I don't know how long ten minutes? No, uh, maybe not, not quite that long. ten. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think it's like five or six.
1: And you see, based on how the performers relate to each other, uh, it's like you're watching, uh, uh, you know, two minute tableau or even shorter tableaux. Tableaux? Yeah, tableaux. Tableaux of their life, how they move around the table, how they touch each other, how they dance around the table. There are some minimal props of of fake flowers and Mm -hmm. uh, some cups and things like that. Bowls and things
2: that you'd have at a restaurant.
1: And it's just, it's just, and so in that ten-minute sequence, you see kind of the whole sequence of their lives, Mm lives together. And it's just absolutely great. And then uh, there's a a scene in the bedroom. Uh, There are a lot of there are a lot of bedroom scenes in this. At least I saw a lot of (laughs) Uh a lot of bedroom scenes Mm -hmm. and. uh, with again Pascal and uh, Marco, yeah. and they, again there are more. It's scenes of them. It's it's just fascinating to see the the that part of their lives, how they relate to each other, and um, how they get in and out of bed together. What they what cl- they take on take off and put on a lot of clothing.
2: Yeah, in that we one. call that the changing duet. Yeah, that's, they're changing clothes the whole time.
1: It's re- I mean they are changing clothes and moving around and dancing. For another, I guess, another 10 or 15 minutes, it's, yeah. it's quite a thing.
2: Well, and it's interesting because the uh, the, the overall design of Pascal and Marco's uh, theatrical presentation of their relationship is more within a um, minimal and pedestrian and kind of um, task-based design. So putting on clothes, taking off clothes, and it tells all this story about where they're going and, and you know. Uh, Charlie and Warner, the other who you didn't see so much, mm-hmm. they're actually far more physical. They're flying around, dancing, swinging punches at each other, like teasing each other. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is is embodied through like much more physic, physical. What you know, what would what would be more traditionally considered as dance?
1: Mm-hmm. Would you say in two, uh, to probably two visits to Saunder you probably get in that way. Would you get the whole thing? or well, most of Well.
2: To see the whole thing, you'd need it'd be quite difficult to see the whole thing because there are many, many little private scenes, one-on-one scenes, and things that an audience member gets snuck away. Um, if you saw that was, that
1: was my that was uh, uh, your little sister Flora, I think Is so that where the DJ character uh, comes up, she came up to my daughter and said hey, you want to get out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. my daughter, who is my youngest daughter, who is really quite shy, went,
2: yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> went, who are you? Does that yeah. person work
2: here? Well, well and that's that's a, that's a really fun thing is when groups get split up that way. Um, but I would say in two visits, you would get the, a pretty good scope. Um, but, like, for instance, um, when you first came in uh, – uh, so everyone goes to the, the bartender who gives a little spiel, right? Oh, right, yeah. And then you're ushered to a room. Do you remember what you...
1: I ended up with the D, with the DJ character whose name is Warner. Warner, uh-huh. I ended up... up in her room. Up in her room, and, I, and she's pretty suicidal or yeah, something. Yeah, right, right. And I'm going, the hell's going... I was not picking up at that moment what was going on. Sure, sure. That's where I ended up.
2: Okay, us. and so uh, there's five different opening scenes that like that. And so on purpose, the, uh, the audience begins when everyone's brought together on the dance floor, they have, they have entered with a different premise. Uh, And so, uh, so, you know, you technically, you need to come five times to see all five of those, but, um, and there's other times where the, 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 there is one time in the show in which there are eight things happening all at once. That's the most spread out moment. Uh, For much of the show, there's two main things happening, and sometimes there's other little Little things, things, and then there are other times that there's even more, and a couple times where everyone's all together.
1: And uh, those of you who are um, uh, kind of wary of, you know, uh, please, by the way, uh, we're, we're recording this at the Club at 50 West. Uh, it's uh, our, our restaurant here down below our radio studios, and and uh, Graham, please, you've ordered a looks like a lovely ahi tuna yeah. salad. So please, it don't be embarrassed to eat wha- and talk right. with your mouth full. Sounds okay, good. sounds it's good. It's a let's go eat show.
0: Um, so I, I know you want to move on and, uh, and get some more about Grant, how he got to be the person who could come up with this. Yeah. Uh, but actually, uh, let's let's talk to him about that in a minute, and uh, let's take a break.
1: Oh, so you can eat, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're not going to let you eat the whole
0: thing while we take a break. <laughs> That's but. fine. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with more Let's Go Eat oh, show.
1: You know what? Um, um, there is a – is it okay if we use um, – there's some original songs written, I think, by your brother? hmm there, there are three different composers. Can you uh, – uh, those those songs were lovely. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you send those to us, and we'll play a little bit of it here in a like a uh, break. We, do you want to do that?
2: Definitely. Sure. Yeah? yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. What's taking all of this time? What's taking all of this time? Do you know where it goes?
1: Just talking about a dancer named uh, Nathan. Would be weird it?
0: if we just called you Nathan through the whole next half of the podcast. And and never, you,
1: you would be uh, Graham. Would be the, probably the kind of, I, you would correct me, wouldn't you? If I just started calling you a different sure.
2: name. <laughs> I was,
1: some people are so polite they would just let me get yeah. away. It just, I guess he thinks my name's Nathan.
0: Better huh? call my lawyer and change my name before this <laughs> podcast gets released. Uh, uh, Graham Brown uh, back, <laughs> and uh, uh,
1: I think uh, what you heard, we, we played a little music there that. Uh, uh, was featured in Sonder, uh, the uh, production, which is going to is coming to an end uh, at the end of April. So Yeah. So maybe when you're hearing this, it's already been and gone. But well, I'd like to talk about future things that you might do as well. Sure. But, uh, Graham, let's talk a little bit. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we did that break was the way we were describing Sonder, it may sound to some of you as though it's one of those kind of theatrical things where – uh, or dance things where the performers are up Ooh. in your face, mm. and they're they want you to uh, interact with them a lot, mm-hmm. and you know it can be kind of assaultive. It's really not that, is it? No. Uh, the uh, uh, the most uh, uh, interaction I saw any audience members having twice it happened with me right at the beginning. One of the dancers came up and said, uh, "Hi, how you come here very often?" Uh-huh. <laughs> And I said, "No, I haven't been here for years." Oh, you must have been used to come here once the bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice to see you. Mm-hmm. And off she went. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I ended up being a—I I actually ended up being a performer, right? Uh, in that uh, the uh, dancer who plays uh, the dad, Marco, said, "Anybody here babysit? Anybody here and have any uh, with kids?" Any, and a few people raised their hands, and I kind of went, "Well, I." And uh, and he came to me and said, okay, I need you to babysit for me. Here, this is what you do. Sit down here. I'm going, okay. He said, then he had a microphone all of a sudden in his hand, a, um, a little cl- a clip-on uh, mic, remote microphone. And he said, I'm going to need you to, uh, first of all, I'm going to need you to pretend like we're old buddies. Mm-hmm. If my wife asks you anything about me, and I thought so in, he's making you complicit in something all of a sudden. Right. My wife or my daughter, Alex, asked you anything about me. We're old friends from way back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I said, okay. And here, I just need you to, you're going to be the babysitter, and I need you to read this bedtime story to my daughter, Alex, (coughs) which I did. And that was, and it was great fun. I loved doing it. It was Mm -hmm. wonderful, and I I had fun doing it. But he he also, it was interesting, Marco was, uh, said, uh, I'm going to let you interact with me, but only as much as I want you to interact with me. Because he said, "Now, here, I'm just going to put this on you. Don't worry about my hand." I, and I started to talk to him. He said, I, "No, I don't need you to. I don't need you to talk to me. I'm just, oh, interesting. You, yeah. huh. I don't need you to get that involved. Let's, mm-hmm. just, let's mm. just let me do this." You know? mm. And I just got the sense of you, he, you know, because see, I'm ready to have an improv. You know, I'm ready to right.
2: Well, and that's uh, it's a really fine balance, yeah. um, which we've learned over time, actually. So there's a um, there's a one-on-one scene that um, that Charlie has, the and daughter, the little which is no, this is the the roommate oh, the that you didn't you didn't see so much of, yeah. um, and she. Uh, she she takes an audience member into what is her like office kind of space and she sits them down and because they're one-on-one and she starts telling them some really intimate things about her, her experience and uh, and a loss of hers. I've heard, and it just so happens that this room is right next to the tech booth. So I can hear it on the other side of the, the wall. Is that
1: where you are living pretty much throughout the Kind of. The show? I
2: sort of lurk in corners. It depends. It depends. If I know people in the show, then I try to stay clear as possible because I just feel like them seeing me, seeing them will yeah. alter their experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the... There will be sometimes adventurous uh, audience members who want to start asking questions and want to start, you know, altering modern. the performance. Yeah. And yeah, we've had to really work on that because it's in the end, it's not an improv performance. We right. haven't created an improv theatrical environment. We've created a real specifically designed show where we want to invite you in, uh, but there's a level of control that we need to maintain in order to contain, in order to keep the whole world mm-hmm. uh, coherent. Yeah, and I think and so, I think
1: he could sense that. You know, if I, if he, if I, if he, if he wanted me to improv with him or something, I would. Right, you know, I could right. do it. You know, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. This yeah. guy's a but, troublemaker. Uh, yeah, right. But right. he, but he made it quite clear. No, what I want, I just need you to read this story. That's all I need you to do. Okay.
2: That's Funny, fun. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and
1: and I interacted a little bit with uh, Alex, the daughter, as uh-huh. I was reading the story to right. her. But I, uh, but at that point, I knew eh, just a little bit, maybe. You know, right? Just to, <laughs> yeah. Would you like to see the pictures too? Yeah, mm-hmm, she said. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, you
0: know, <laughs> stuff like that. What, what Bill's saying is he wants to be in your next one. That's Perfect any time. You're just in. Wants you to well, cast we, him. we
2: ne- I was saying in during the break the next piece is multi-generational so we can
1: okay and i listen i'm not going to be moving around a lot i'm not Uh a dancer i'm kind of clumsy but if you need any narration of any kind i'm your guy that's awesome all right so so anyway uh uh, sonder uh that's what that's what it is and i liked the uh, i looked up a definition and it's not really a word in the dictionary of sonder except there is sort of uh in something called the the Dictionary of Obscure
2: Sorrows. That was it. The ob- yeah. The Dictionary mm-hmm. of Obscure Sorrows, which is written, which is a, which is a, a, a you know, I suppose you call it fictional dictionary. That um, Koenig is his last name. I think his first name is John. Mm. Um, that would
0: be called a fictionary, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> thank it's thank a you. fictionary. Yeah.
2: And it, basically, the whole point of this dictionary he's written is to create words that fill gaps within our experiences that our language doesn't have words for. And so this word sonder is this this word that defines the experience of recognizing the intricacies of everyone else's life around you and that we're all these kind of spinning orbs that, that intersect with one another and somebody is a background character in your life and somebody is the main protagonist in your life and Mm -hmm. and for that person there is another and another and another and the way the show the show works exactly like that as we've talked about marco and pastel kind of were your main people and charlie and warner were pretty peripheral Mm -hmm. yeah whereas for somebody else it's entirely about you know i just love the word
1: it's like uh, people here in the restaurant where we are right they we are all part of a play that's sort of going on right Right. now even though they don't have any dialogue or interaction with us they have their own lives and interior lives and all of that. and Well, and, and we have security
0: we, here to make sure that that yeah, well, doesn't happen. And we, and we
1: could nice. we could interact with them if we wanted. Sure. We sure. could. We could interact with everybody. And
2: what happens with, what I find is with immersive theater, uh, and, we, oh, and I have a lot of, ba- well, I have a lot of background in site-specific dance performance, and then um, have seen and have now... This is saunders' my first large scale immersive theater show, but have had that on my mind for a while that there's um, you st- I have started to experience life a little bit differently so there there was a moment when I was on tour in Russia, for example, and one of the dancers busted her ankle and had to go to the hospital and i 'm telling you it was an immersive theater experience we 're at this sketchy hospital. people are like, th- like, like like pushing her all around into these mysterious rooms, and it was really kind of scary and there 's like odd. Um, decorations around the space, so life start life and art and theater, they all start to kind of blend between each other, and that's I think really exciting.
1: Okay, so where the hell did you come from? What how did you how did you arrive at this point of of your
2: life? Okay,
1: um, let's see. Jeremy, go all the way back. Where well, were you born? You 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 said before we started that you're not from utah but but apparently you've been here for quite
2: i've been here for a little so so basically my entire life has has bounced back and forth between utah and maryland Mm. for whatever reason Mm -hmm. i was born in utah and my uh i moved i moved back east i I, we settled in maryland by the time i was five and i lived my whole childhood in maryland in annapolis Mm -hmm. and after graduating from college from high school i uh uh, went back to Utah and went to and and went through school. My undergrad in Utah and in dance, uh, in dance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then got met my wife. We got married. We started having kids, and then we went back east again to the D.C. area where I was in grad school and I was performing with a company called Pearson Vidrig Dance Theater. Is that where you, who you and went then, to Russia with? That's where I went to Russia with yeah. yeah. And uh, th- uh, really, we went back east with the. For me, I loved the east coast, and i I wanted my I was hoping my family would fall fall in love with the east Coast and we 'd stay there and they did they loved it and then I got a job at b y u so we came back across the country and so now we 're in in provo uh,
1: so what, so uh, little uh, little Graham where does little Grahams finally go? I want to grow up and be
2: a dancer right right so i happen? so i I like to say that I started dancing two generations ago um my my mom had a studio and was my kind of initial teacher and her aunt was Virginia Tanner. Oh, who I as, I do you know that name? Yeah. Yes, so she's do. a very prominent in Utah, but also nationally was a big, uh, um, pioneer in children's creative dance. So your aunt is Virginia. Tanner, my, my right? great aunt, great yeah. aunt was Virginia. Tanner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I grew up with it and it was kind of, uh, kind of forced on me as a kid and I didn't really love it. And then somewhere around age 10 or 12, I just switched and just kind of haven't really looked back since actually.
1: So what kind yeah. of dance did they want you to? Well, Virginia Tanner
2: was a modern dance. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, And that's, so that's always been my, I haven't veered much from that. Mm-hmm. The biggest, um, the biggest kind of aesthetic, uh, uh, veering has been in dancing at clubs, you know, freestyling and, and, mm-hmm. uh, breakdancing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, can and, you did you do that? Can you do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, so what happened was uh, around my toward my senior year of high school, I just kind of discovered the the rave scene of like the late '90s, mm-hmm. and this just um, this dancing all night and this vocabulary that was very. Uh, I want to say nomadic. Like we weren't studying. It's not like how hip hop is in terms of like, it's like popping and B-boying and, yeah. and house. This was much more kind of like monkey see, monkey do. I'm doing what I'm doing. You're doing what you're doing. And it was just sort of, sort of freestyle vocabulary that we collected as a community. And um, and that was just so infectious. Where I had been used to this experience of being in a studio, thinking a lot about my, you know, mm-hmm. my My alignment and stuff. This was just letting loose and dancing all night long. And that uh, experience has sort of stuck with me, both in terms of the experiential, what I see about dance and value about dance, as well as the the physical vocabulary movement choices.
1: Because of who you are, you see dance in... Uh, everyday life everywhere probably sure and that yeah. too yeah uh, it, it's interesting the way you, where you said that about the monkey see monkey do aspect of of uh, that kind of dancing and I as I watched the dancers in in your production of Saunder and I thought to myself there's an I mean this is two hours of dance this is dance 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 and more dance going on and on and on and uh, uh, just incredible. And I thought, so how do you, you know, I mean, it's like memorizing lines, I guess, but yeah, how do you, but then I was watching some of the dancers and I, and I would watch them occasionally sort of checking each other out and kind of hmm. getting back into a, and it's not like they were out of sync or anything, but you could see them kind of reestablishing a yeah. groove with each other. Uh, in, in I in some of the big the larger scenes, I think mm-hmm. that are more that are just pure dance. You right, know? right. I thought that was incredible. Uh, so, uh, so you um,
0: uh, it was. So, how did you? There's a difference
2: between a dancer and a choreographer. Sure.
0: When, well, when what's nice,
2: I think, about my background is that um, the creative uh, skills were being taught along with the technical skills Mm -hmm. from from the beginning sure um and so i it's not i don't know that i ever really there were times in my life when i was more interested in being a performer but overall it's been a pretty um continuous there's been a lot of continuity between the experience of being a performer and being a choreographer I'm, and I'm usually, and I've in the past, I've usually been in my own work as well. Mm-hmm. So, do you,
1: you do you dance much at all anymore? Or just?
2: what I find is that the higher up the food chain I get, the less, less. I dance. Yeah. So, um, uh, going into grad school, suddenly I, I found I was not dancing as much, which was sort of you'd think the opposite. But I was writing a lot more. Mm-hmm. Becoming a professor, there's a lot more. You know, the the I'm telling people about dancing a lot more than I'm dancing myself. Mm-hmm. That that said, I do I do perform still, mm-hmm. and I appreciate the chance too. What do
1: you what, so at BYU? Yeah. What do you te- what tell me what things you teach?
2: Sure. So I teach uh, there's I be, there's basically three strains of content that I teach. That of physical practice, like technique, like sort of a dance classic you'd think of. Mm-hmm. Everybody's then, in there at the bar and, and, and learning the material. Yeah, well, no, there's definitely no bar in no my bar class. No bar anymore. But no. No bars. No mirrors. Okay, no mirrors. Uh uh-huh. I yeah. You insist on that? Yeah, or? I do. I just find um, there's a there's a disconnect from your own ex- experience when you're looking in the mirror all the time at what you look like, rather than feeling what it feels like. But um, so there's that, and then there's the creative. Um, Practice so I teach choreography classes um, up into this is my last semester but I've been directing a student performing group called the dance ensemble, and so that's all about student choreography. And then I teach some academic classes. I teach an identity class and I teach a history dance history mm-hmm. in the in the twentieth century.
1: Yeah, uh, so are you, uh, How long have you been
2: uh, at BYU? This is my fourth year. So doing it's going okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's going
1: great. You're, you're, you're sort of like on that track to tenure and all of that stuff.
2: Right, right. So I passed my third year review and working toward the sixth year tenure. Yeah.
1: Review. Yeah. My uh, my next door neighbor is a tenured professor at the University of Utah in uh, poetry. And oh, nice. She uh, like she's not even there this year. She's mm. she <laughs> she's traveling Europe. Because she can do that Uh because she's a tenured professor. Right, right. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good for you. Uh, nice for her. Well, so um, uh, uh, Sonder, uh, by what measures shall we measure it as a success?
2: Oh. By
1: my measure, it was a success. Great. Uh, As an audience member, I I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. It was... um, and it was very, uh, it was really unique. Yeah. Uh, is it like? Uh, did you t- draw inspiration from other things? It, it, can you say here's where, um, here's what my influences were? And if I knew dance better, would I go? Oh, I see that. Where? where oh, I'm uh, not necessarily.
2: I think. I think my influences were. Um, this piece has developed over several years and it began as a proscenium show and it, it, even before that it was like a, you know, like a 15 minute dance like you see in a concert of several different uh, and from the beginning there was kind of two main premises that I was interested in one was playing with this physical vocabulary like I, I talked about it at clubs and whatnot, um, and using that as a creative mode for generation of content of, of physical vocabulary and then the other was these simple images of uh, real life Sure. so so, just the, the beauty of the simplicity of a couple in a space together changing into an outfit to get ready to go camping or to a funeral you mm-hmm. know. Um, so that that contrast and that also became a contrast of um, of public and private experience, yeah. And so that just kept kind of snowballing. There was no character. There was not really a theatrical. There, well, there, I say there was a theatrical sense, there, but there was not a narrative sense. There were not characters involved, mm-hmm. though the characters were born out of the um, out of the um, composition. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, a measure of a success is that uh, this this is, has to be uh, a pretty. Um, it, this has to cost a fair amount of money to do this. Sure, definitely. You've got dancers that you're paying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got rental on the space. You've got, you know, any number of expenses. Has it
2: been uh, a success in that respect? Yeah,
1: it has. Um, as long as you break even, you're happy? Yeah,
2: well, exactly. So in the, in kind of this grassroots performance world... Uh, uh, break even means good, and then get something back means really good. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I would say we're in the really good, good. phase. Great. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> how about in terms of
1: artistic uh, success? Yeah. And I and I uh, I I think you have to be pretty happy with that, just as a. But, but I, this deserves to be <clears throat> seen on a wider scale. Hmm. It deserves, It's almost like I said. Well, Salt Lake is really lucky to have this performance, Saunder, mm-hmm. because this is bigger than Salt Lake City mm-hmm. in well, a lot thanks. of ways. Yeah. I think it really is. It's it's as far as I know, it's uh, uh, quite unique. Yeah, uh, almost to a fault unique. Stephen Brown at SB Dance, he does some things, that, but but still not like this. Not mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. this kind of immer- s- so totally immersive, right, right uh, theater uh, and dance. So. I, I, I guess what I'm wanting is just to catapult you to something larger.
2: Well, thanks. I is mean, that what I? Does that, that make sense? That, yes, that would be great. <clears throat> um, I, I, I did kind of want to speak to your what you're saying about measures of success, mm-hmm. and I'll just share some of the things that I was thinking about within the creation in terms of is this going? So the things that I I don't want people to walk away confused. I don't want them to be. Um, I don't want the audience to feel like they're more concerned about what they missed out on than what they saw. So that was a constant question when we were yeah. make when we we're making paired scenes. If this scene is just amazing and then this other scene happening downstairs is okay, then it becomes well there's a right choice and a wrong choice. Yeah. And so we worked really hard to keep the artistic rigor throughout all of the you know there are I would say there's overall compositional highs and lows. Per se, but um, like people like I, I would have a very hard time saying oh here 's the best path you could take here 's the best version of the yeah. show. follow them here, follow them here because it 's like I love this scene so much, and I love this scene so much you know, Good. and what I hope is that an audience would walk away going, "Oh man, I saw this incredible scene, and so he goes, oh no i didn 't see that, but man, I saw this, yeah. and it was and they 're almost competing like no way, mine was better you know <laughs> so that 's one thing I think another another measure of success that i 'm really looking for is Relatability—that it's not um, some kind of larger-than-life. I don't know, um, symbolic, Shakespearean, or or, I mean, even that's relatable. But like relatable on a real, like this could be my next-door neighbor. This could be me. You know, one Mm -hmm. of the one of the great one of the well, the very initial research question that I had for this work way back when was this: Do you see yourself in it Mm -hmm. to the audience? Mm -hmm. You know, and if if we are creating images that are Relatable enough that people can say, yeah, I've been in that exact scene. That's a really strong measure of success for me.
1: I thought one of the most touching things uh, of of the whole thing was of the parts that I saw. uh, It seemed to me there was some question about how stable Pascal and uh, uh, Marco's relationship was. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they were getting ready to go to ever funeral, Mm -hmm. you saw... uh, you really saw a couple that knew each other and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just just so that was very relatable. They just, yeah, they knew each other so well that they could help each other dress and yeah, right. And, it, yeah. you know, I just, mm-hmm. it was,
2: great. and it's, it's a really fun, much of, much of the experience was seeing how cool. well I, I sort of started seeing my own life in certain ways or it would sort of go back and forth. Like there would be something would happen at home. And it would spark this artistic kind of, oh, that's really beautiful, and we would use it. And then the opposite, there would be things that happened at home, and I would go, oh, wait, this is straight out of the show by accident.
1: We had to talk quickly about some of the performers. Yeah. Um, uh, just, uh, you've got great uh, principal dancers. Marco is Francisco... Avina. Avina. Mm-hmm. I can't read my own writing. Yeah. Uh, where, where's he from?
2: So he's from Las Vegas. Uh, he, he. at least he's most recently from Las Vegas. He has uh, quite a resume. Does he? So, he, uh, he, yeah, uh, he's a, he, his most recent large-scale projects were in Chicago with um, an incredible physical theater company called Lucky Plush. And before that, he was with um, uh, Hubbard Street Dance, which dance people know, wouldn't mm-hmm. know that a pretty big company. Uh, before that, he was doing commercial things, touring with like Michael Jackson and like uh, one um, of the backup boys. Those and, types yeah, of things. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So he uh, and he was a last minute addition to the show. I I had not intended to cast. I had intended to cast locally. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like the rehearsal process is nine to five, and so right. But uh, I just wasn't able to find the right fit, and I sent it's the most successful social media social media experience I've had. I sent out this kind of desperate plea on Facebook, like I'm looking for somebody and i put the criteria and he showed up like Hmm. within a couple days and was perfect yeah and he's great
1: yeah uh shawnee haycock yeah
2: shawnee joe haycock
1: shawnee joe haycock she's a a pascal Mm -hmm. also a love and her her, something about her i don't know her dancing kind of grew on me as the Uh show went on she seemed so unassuming at first yeah yeah well
2: they're a nice pair because marco is francisco is a very large performer yeah you know and Shawnee is a much sort of quieter performer. Like yeah. she brings you in, you know what I mean. She yeah. doesn't grab your attention. And I think they make a nice pair in that way.
1: And then Jordan, uh, Simmons. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so Jordan the, Simmons, uh huh, yeah, she's so Jordan
2: Simmons was playing Warner,
1: uh, the DJ mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. excellent. Also very good. Mm-hmm. Had a really unique style. Of, uh, I think uh, uh, some a uh, lot of the uh, individual stuff she did seemed. Very unique to her. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Uh, then uh, Eliza Tappan? Eliza Tappan, yeah. That's uh, the the little... Uh, that's Alex? No, that's no, that's Pat,
2: that's, uh, that's Charlie. Charlie, the one I really don't... Uh-huh. I'm not even sure who that was. Sure, that's funny. Yeah. Well, well, you can come <clears throat> again and follow her. Yeah. She's genius. She's and, a really uh, commanding performer. And then Brienne is... Brie is the kid, Alex. Well, Alex. And, and Brie, uh just... Really nailed that so the original casting was an actual child an actual like five six year old child mm-hmm. and it was only just a maybe a week before we started rehearsals uh that brie came out of the woodwork because she had le- she had moved and then she had come back and then my dramaturg and i were just trying to figure out this kid and, and all of a sudden it dawned to me like let's brie looks really young she let's knows. make this kid older mm-hmm. you know let's meet in the middle and then brie can be this child so brie really kind of wrote her character almost on her own it, uh, Alex, as it exists in the show wasn 't in the script when we started rehearsals. She kind of worked that in there, and then she and I worked t- together mm-hmm. to to um, to to knit it all together. when she was like um, a twelve
1: year old girl and and not and so this is an adult doing this, an adult right. woman, but right. not cloying, not uh, not uh yeah just didn't wasn't pretending to be a little kid i mean there was, she, there was yeah a she really year old girl. embodied it yeah. yeah excellent
2: and a pretty kind of hyper mm-hmm. high energy needs mm-hmm. a lot of attention kind of kid mm-hmm.
1: yeah and then there's a then there's a, the uh ensemble cast another right. five dancers right who each have great moments yeah i got <laughs> i got i was in the bathroom with one, mm-hmm. the one right, putting right. on her makeup in the
2: in your face right, right that's one of my favorite little secret things in the show
1: yeah uh, so just so it's an incredible thing, Saunder uh, so where do you go have you even had a chance to think about where you will go from from here from this piece
2: Oh yeah definitely so the next show um, is right now it 's called Apple Falling <laughs> um, and the idea of it is that it's looking at um, legacy and heritage in kind of the opposite way. Well, like the apple being,
1: doesn't fall far from the tree.
2: Yeah, and how far am I able to let my apple drop from the tree yeah. that I was given? You know, so um, coming when you come from different difficult circumstances or from circumstances that you don't want to emulate. How do you change your legacy? Um, and it's just also looking at the idea of. Uh, you know legacy and heritage and perspective of different ages um, the the current idea it's it 's it's raw we haven 't started production anything for it, but that it would be in a home or maybe even in two homes or in an environment that 's set up to look like two homes and it would be um, uh, a man about about my age he was loosely biographical off of my own experience, and his wife, and his brother, and his brother's wife, and the guy's dad, and also the guy's child, and um, the, when I, this is a show that I've done before uh, in a proscenium, and the, just the main guy was the main guy, mm. but now each character will be their own main, and um, when you buy your ticket, the idea is that you... You're either assigned or you pick which character you buy the ticket to. Like their picture could be on the ticket. Something, or something. and yeah. you follow and you you stick with that character throughout the entire show. So they become your protagonist.
1: That'd be fun to do it in two really literally two separate houses. I know. That would be that's you know. definitely
2: my my you know drew my goal my dream so
1: you want to keep doing this kind of at least thing. for now at uh, least
2: i mean right now i have this specific show in mind that would yeah. work so well as a as a as an immersive experience yeah. um you worked really well as an immersive experience and uh, and well i don't have a big plan beyond that i mean i'd be really interested in choreographing for theater i've done some of that for straight theater not for musical theater uh-huh. um why uh, why why oh,
1: you just made a distinction there. That yeah. Why did you? Well,
2: get... because I, I don't know that I would definitely be opposed to musical theater, but it serves a different purpose. I'm really interested in movement as a means to abstractly represent um, experience, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like now it's time for the song and dance number. And I and um, and I. And I get that within a, within a musical theater context, the dancing thing does do that. But I, I, guess I, I guess I like it better when dance and theater are mixed in a less predictable way.
1: Yeah. Uh, who, uh, who, as you were growing up and even now, in the, in the dance and theater world, do you, do you look back at and go, oh, man, the, this person was great, this choreographer was great, this dancer was great? Uh-huh.
2: Who do you really like? Yeah, that's a great... Well, I'll, I'll say currently... Um, There are three artists whose influence stay with me really heavily. One is um, Deviate Physical Theatre Company, which is based in London, directed by Lloyd Newson, and um, I've seen one of their work lives and works live, and they have dance on film works as well. And there's an enormously rigorous uh, integration of physicality and of of um, specifically vocal performance Mm. that they're speaking a lot Mm -hmm. really um and he doesn't shy away from difficult topics Mm -hmm. um and and there's just an impeccable rigor in the like movement that's just like mind-blowing incredible plus this dialogue that's really deep and 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 immaculately put together with technical elements that are really um uh, just, just innovative and kind of Mm -hmm. mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's one. The, um, I've actually never seen his work live, but Hofesh Schechter is a, um, he works in London as well. And he's originally from, from Israel. Uh, so as a choreographer, what, what really has stuck with me about him is that he plays with this kind of vernacular vocabulary, this kind of, it looks kind of hip hoppy, but it's not at all hip hop. Um, it's 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 sort of quirky and odd and sort of infectious and that's a vocabulary that i'm really interested in and the last one is um third rail projects who are in new york and they're the ones they make immersive theater they ha- they have a show in new york called um then she fell which was really the show that changed my whole life in terms of performance and the p- potential for performance um it's that show is based on the the Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland kind of world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an extremely small audience. It's only 15 per show. And you're usually one-on-one. You're led through this whole maze of uh, it's a hospital is the premise. And there was just something about that intimacy and that capacity for storytelling that just... in the mo- It was when I was creating um, You, which is what Sondra became that I all of a sudden realized, oh, this is what I've been trying to do, uh-huh. and I didn't have a reference point, you know. So that really sent me down that pipeline of of intimacy and, and immersion mm. for the audience.
1: Uh, man, it's uh, it, uh, you, you certainly have a, a passion for what you have mm-hmm. done and what you will continue to do, and I, I hope BYU appreciates what they have. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I, I think they do.
2: They, I... they, BYU has been uh, to... Ooh. Uh, amazing, really amazing, mm-hmm. extremely supportive, um, and I mean the students, um, the five ensemble members. Four of the five are current BYU students, and one is a recent alumni. Mm-hmm. And they've really risen to the task of you know this is a professional show, very high demand, lots of time. Uh,
1: they're all very, they're all very good, yeah, very talented. Yeah. The ensemble is talented. The leads are talented. Uh, I I wish that you could all see this, uh, but. Uh, I guess I would just say watch for more. Yeah. And what's well, the best we have way Well, to-
2: we have two more weekends. And uh-huh. so depending on when this podcast comes mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Um, the 22nd is when we're built to close. Um, and then you were saying how to... Well,
1: well if people want to follow what you're doing and kind of keep up with what you're doing and... Yeah, and maybe even um, interact with you a little bit and say, wait a minute, what was that? The, the that the British theater company you were talking or sure, dance company? Sure. You know, how can they best keep up with you? Yeah,
2: so I'm, you know, I'm reachable on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, I uh, and I can be, I can be reached through Sackerson as well, um, which we didn't talk too much about. But Sackerson is the production company that re- really the. This, was, this show was my creative kind of baby, mm-hmm. but they really delivered the baby. They, they the, you know what I mean? They were the midwives. They were the midwives, yeah. big time. Yeah. Yep. I was just this kind of artist floundering around trying to make something happen. So if you look and at. They they look for Sackerson, mm-hmm. uh, which,
1: where does that come from? Do you know?
2: Ooh, They told you know? me. I, I didn't. I'm going to say the wrong thing. It's yes, something kind of mythological kind of a, mm-hmm. a reference, yeah. something to do with a bear. Their their logo is their logo bear. is a bear. That's yeah. right. I've seen that.
1: Uh, so uh, so anyway, that's that's the best way to keep keep up with you. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Graham Brown, mm-hmm. Graham with a H. Mm-hmm. I guess, is there any other way to spell it? I guess. I well, guess yeah. J R A M.
2: yeah, I get that sometimes. Or A E M E sometimes. Oh yeah, the that's British right. Way. You
1: you are gray. Graham. Graham like
2: Graham crackers. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
1: and uh, just thanks a lot for uh, doing Yeah. Please give my best to everybody who is in it. Just if you get a chance to just say, you know, Bill Allred. Just wants to, you know all to know whether you know who he is or not. Mm-hmm. You guys are great.
2: Well, I will tell you that uh, one of my students. I brought it up. I think what I said was, "Hey, you know, did you hear we were on radio from hell?" Or he, that, that that you know, Bill Allred mm-hmm. came, and one of my students was like, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "I danced with Bill Allred. <laughs> I can't believe it." She well, there's like, one. She was swooning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so. Well,
1: uh, this uh, just t- it was great, and and it's uh, it's such an unassuming thing too. It sounds great, and and and, and yet Graham here was. Doing doing the coat check the night I was there, you know, yeah, giving.
2: Yeah, that was a, that Somebody's was a mishap check with, with <laughs> Somebody's uh, yeah, that. one of yeah. our producers got his car towed. Oh. <laughs> so they were dealing with that. So I was pinch hitting. Yeah. So that's oddly enough, that's where we met was doing right. coat check yeah. after my show. Well, it's, no.
1: it's a great, it's called Saunder, Please go see it if you can and watch for more stuff. Uh, uh, I think you'll, you're going to have a great and long career.
2: Well, thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: That's it. Thanks, Dylan, for producing the show. Thanks to uh, the club at 50 West for uh, providing, getting us some food and a space to record this. And uh, that's it. Uh, I'm Bill Allred. Remember, next time you're pouring drinks, make mine a double.